Welcome to the Immunet podcast, a place for educational rheumatology content to improve research and patient care. My name is Pierre-Antoine Juge and I'm a rheumatologist at Bichard Hospital in Paris, France. I am also a proud member of the Educational Subcommittee of Immunet. Yeah, and hello also from my part. My name is Philippe Bosch. I'm working as a rheumatology fellow at the Medical University of Graz in Austria. And just like uh, Pierre, I'm a proud member of the Immunet Education Subcommittee. So we've taken over the Immunet What is New podcast and changed it a little bit. Uh, we'd like to thank first uh, all our predecessors, Chris Winkup, Alay Schenko and Tue Krakstrup. And uh, for the future episodes, uh, it will be us that will be your hosts. So Immunet's What is New initiative takes a look at the most recent and uh, interesting publications in the world of rheumatology. We received feedback that the list listeners would prefer more details about one or a few papers in the podcast. Therefore, in our podcast, we're going to reach out to the authors of amazing papers to tell us a little bit more about their work. So today it is a great honor to welcome our first guest, Professor Andreas Mackensen from Erlangen, Germany. We will ask him a few questions about his recent work of the use of CAR T-cell in refractory systematic lupus erythematosus that was recently published in Nature Medicine. Professor Mackensen, thank you very much for accepting this, this invitation. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's a great uh, pleasure and honor for me uh, to be uh, the first uh, yeah, guest uh, in this new podcast uh, series. Um, so I'm happy to be here and uh, to answer your question. Yes, uh, we first uh, just have to say that you are not a rheumatologist, but a nematologist, but we are still really happy to have you here. So chimeric antigen receptor T cell or CAR T cell are a very innovating therapy that have been used most for most, uh, hematologic malignancies. But first, could you just remind us the mechanism of this new, uh, this new therapy? Yeah, it was a great pleasure. So CAR T cell therapy is um, um, absolutely a new, um, yeah, new form of cell-based immunotherapy that is already uh, approved since, uh, since some years in, in hematological disease. And uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating new therapy. So in principle, what is very important that this is an ind individual therapy. So every uh, every cell product must be produced for, for the individual patient. That's, that's very important as the first step. So the CAR we are talking about is uh, composed of, uh, of an extracellular single chain uh, variable fragment recognizing an antigen like CD90. And this, uh, this extracellular single chain fragment is, uh, is linked to a transfer membrane domain, uh, mainly CD8 or CD28 through a hinge molecule. And then we have a co-stimulatory molecule, but it's very important. Normally it's CD28 or 41BB. And uh, this is then only uh, together linked to a CD3 zeta molecule um, to, to uh, allow signaling. So in principle, the uh, the transfer of the car is normally uh, will be will be done by by a viral gene transfer, either lentiviral or or retroviral gene transfer, and um, the the principle of of generating these cells is complicated. So we do a leukapheresis to collect the mononuclear cells, then we 
we uh, we um, purify uh, T cells, and then the cells are activated and then transfused with the, the car, then expanded, and then the product is, of course, uh, uh, controlled by different uh, release uh, uh, criteria and then given back to the patient. What is very important uh, for the CAR T-cell approach is the lymphodepleting chemotherapy before the CAR transfer. Normally, it's flu-sci, uh, so flutarabine cyclophosphamate that, uh, that induces lymphodepletion in the host, allowing the CAR T-cells to, uh, to expand and proliferate. Yeah, that's a thing I should not very familiar with as a rheumatologist. Thank you for all the explanation. Um, this is the first study, uh, at least the case series of patients uh, where we use the CAR T cell therapy for autoimmune disease. Why would you choose lupus? What, 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 how did you come up with this idea? Now, that's a good question. In principle, it's, it's for me a wonderful example that uh, it's, it's very important to, to collaborate. Um, so in, in principle, or in, in fact, it was a collaboration with uh, my colleague, Professor Georg Schett, here from the Department of Rheumatology and Clinical Immunology. So we are already working together since many years. And one day we had a meeting uh, in my room where I'm sitting right now um, together with my two co-workers, uh, Gerhard Brünke from the Rheumatology Department and Dimitrios Mugiakakos from my department. And we were talking about a paper, a preclinical paper uh, that was published in uh, Science Translation Medicine showing that uh, in a mouse model, the adoptive transfer, so in a mouse lupus model, uh, that the adoptive transfer of CAR T cells is, uh, is working uh, and uh, is, uh, is, um, yeah, is, is, is uh, uh, the result is that the, the mice were, were living longer, so prolonged survival, uh, DNA, anti-DNS antibody levels were going down and nephritis was also um, improving. So that was one of the first signs. There was a second paper showing that, uh, in principle, uh, an adoptive transfer of CAR T-cells against CD90 could work. Uh, and furthermore, as you know, I mean, uh, monoclonal antibodies uh, against uh, CD20 uh, are uh, part of the, the routine therapy in these diseases. So, however, they were not uh, so effective. Um, and our hypothesis was that this is due that uh, with an antibody, um, the, uh, the tissue uh, resident uh, autoreactive T cells are not uh, targeted by the antibody, but maybe targeted by, by these CAR T cells. So that was the beginning. And uh, maybe I can add something. And uh, then one, a few weeks later, um, we, met, we met again and uh, and Professor Shett uh, uh, told us about a young patient, uh, 18, 18 years old, uh, that were, she was refractory uh, to all other therapies and was in a very bad condition. And uh, he asked me, are you willing to do it? Um, because we, uh, and this is also very important, it was only possible because we have uh, a GMP facility here in my unit um, to, where we have the, 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 the possibility to generate these CAR T cells for, for clinical studies. So I think we're already going in the direction of my next question to you. So in your publication, you enrolled five patients. Can you give us a little overview of the main characteristics of these patients? 
Yes. Um, so, so although I'm not a rheumatologist, uh, I will give my best to class, uh, to characterize these patients. So, first of all, these were all young patients. They were uh, aged between 18 and 24, and all had uh, uh, active SLE um, with a, a score, the as you know, the Slade-Eye score between 8 and 16. And they had different uh, organ involvement uh, that was histology proven, glomerulonephritis. Uh, they also had, uh, some of them had involvement of the heart, of the lung and of the joints and also and the, on the central nervous system. So that means uh, in addition, all these patients had received uh, the standard, uh, uh, standard therapy for, for, for lupus and were refractory. Um, and therefore, um, all of them, um, yeah, had no, no, no further options uh, available. And that was the reason why we included um, these five patients in the first uh, pilot study um, with our CAR-T cells. Yeah, so I think the, the question now we're we all having is, was the CAR-T cell treatment effective in these patients? And how did you measure effectiveness? Um, Yes, so, uh, so in principle, um, I mean, what I can summarize in, in, in one sentence is, yes, they all responded to the therapy. Um, so uh, in principle, um, of course, there are different uh, measures for, for response. So first of all, of course, the, the clinical response, so the, the SLED-I score. And the score, as I said, was uh, very high in all of these patients, and the SLED-I score went to zero after CAR-T-cell therapy with the exception, I think, of one patient who has one point because of, uh, of a re resi residual proteinuria because maybe this was uh, of a damage, ir irreversible damage of the, of the glomerula. Um, um, however, all the other parameters um, uh, were going down to normal levels. So the anti-DNS antibodies went down the complement levels uh, went, went up to normal levels, and also other clinical signs uh, as arthritis, um, as fatigue, what was very, very uh, critical point in these patients. So most of the patients reported of severe fatigue, um, uh, this uh, completely resolved. And uh, therefore we, uh, um, I mean, the, of all the measures we have, um, the patient went to an, into a clinical and also into the serological remission. And the patients, uh, I mean, of course, the observation observation time is short. Uh, the longest, uh, the patient with the longest observation time is two years. She's in remission, and the others are, of course, between uh, one year and one and a half years. However, all of them are completely out of any immunosuppressive therapy. And this is, I think, very, very exciting. Yeah. So, so the results sound really promising. Um... Another question that arises, of course, is about adverse events. One theoretical adverse event of CAR T cell therapy is cytokine release syndrome. Did you observe such an event in your patients? Uh, were there other meaningful adverse events? Yeah, uh, very important questions. So, in principle, from our experience, clinical experience with CAR T cells, CD19 CAR T cells in hematological malignancies, we know that they are. Uh, different types of, of, uh, of, uh, of side effects. First of all, as you mentioned, the, the CRS. The CRS uh, can, be, can, can, be, can be very hard, a different grade, and uh, we have patients that have CRS up to grade four and have to uh, undergo uh, yeah, 
uh, have to go to the intensive care unit. Uh, so I'm talking about the lymphoma patient. Uh, and the other toxicity is neurotoxicity. Um, so this is also something we know from, from our experience with the, with the uh, lymphoma patients. Uh, reversible neurotoxicity is also another uh, side effect. And there are others like, like uh, macrophage activation syndrome and also prolonged pancytopenia. Uh, what is very, uh, first of all, what was very surprising for me uh, that the patients we have treated so far with, uh, with autoimmune disease have less severe side effects than the lymphoma patients. Most of them have low-grade fever after CAR T-cells. Um, this is mainly CRS grade 1, um, but we haven't seen any uh, grade, uh, higher-grade uh, CRS so far, so no, no CRS grade 2 to 4. We have only, so in the first five patients, we haven't seen any neurotoxicity. Now we have one patient with, with, um, with myositis that, that, that had a low-grade neurotoxicity just for a few days. And what is also surprising or very, very positive is the prolonged pancytopenia was not observed in these patients. So in principle, it's very well tolerated. Um, and the patients are, of course, uh, in our car unit for about 10 days after transfer, but we have not seen any severe side effects and also no severe infection. That's really very, very inspiring. Uh, you mentioned it, but uh, congratulations on the publication of a, of a letter in the Lancet Journal talking about uh, the CAR T cell in a severe antisatata syndrome that was refractory to uh, immunosuppressive drugs. Um, but that's case series. How would you see the future for autoimmune disease? Are there any plan to do some more uh, organized trial or something like that? Yeah, I mean, this is very important. Uh, I mean, of course, these are only small case series we have done so far. Of course, we are planning a clinical study. Um, and since uh, I think one year now, we, uh, we are preparing it. The problem is with such a such kind of a therapy with, uh, with GMP grade uh, CAR T cells, it takes time. So to to do all the paperwork and all the all the all the uh, authority uh, work uh, with the Paul Ehrlich Institute and so on, it takes time. And uh, we are just before starting. So we have now uh, the plan is that in the next few months uh, we will start a first uh, uh, phase one study. This will be um, a basket study with patients with, uh, with refractory uh, SLE, with patients with anti-synthetase uh, syndrome, or with patients with systemic sclerosis. So it will be a basket study with three, these three uh, entities. And this will be an investigator-initiated study here in, in Erlangen that will yeah, hopefully can be started in the next months. However, there are some other studies that are in preparation. Um, there are different companies that are also uh, yeah, now uh, going into uh, autoimmune disease. I know from some, some, some companies in the US, I think there will be a, a, start, a study uh, starting very soon, uh, but also in Europe. So the, the field is, uh, is exploding. Yeah. Okay, so you've also kind of already answered my next question, um, or our last question actually. Uh, whether or not you can use CAR T cell treatment in other connective tissue diseases, as you just mentioned. Uh, maybe what we'd also be interested in, interested in knowing would be, uh, in this study, you used, um, you used CD19 as an antigenetic target. 
do you think that for other diseases it might be necessary or better to target a different antigenic target? Yeah, very important point. I mean, this is something we have discussed uh, a lot, and of course, we, we don't have the answer yet. I mean, what we know so far is that CD19 uh, might be a good target. Um, uh, what is very, I mean, what is very important is CD19 express on the on the broad range of the from from immature to mature uh, B cells to mature uh, plasma cells. However, the long-lived plasma cells are not targeted by by CD19 CAR T cells. There is another option that would be BCMA. BCMA is uh, is expressed, so maybe BCMA could be an interesting target. Um, um, but uh, of course, so far we don't know. Um, we believe that CD19 is is an ideal target. Um, and with our first, yeah, of course, uh, first small series of patients, um, it looks a, as it is a good target. Uh, they are, of course, different uh, options. I mean, we are just talking with uh, some colleagues. Uh, now they are uh, other uh, third, fourth generation of cars uh, coming up. With, uh, one of them are bispecific cars, so targeting two different antigens. And we were talking about CD19, maybe to, to, to combine it with CD20 or BCMA or whatever. So this is an open question, um, and um, yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go for it, and uh, let's see. About uh, so far, we are we are focusing on CD19, and from, uh, regarding the diseases, I think uh, there are other other diseases that might come up. Not only rheumatological diseases, but other autoimmune diseases like uh, neurological disease. MS also could be uh, one example. Well, thank you for all this answer and sharing all your um, histories. Uh, that's a very good uh, example of the collaboration and we are happy as rheumatologists to collaborate with the hematologist. Um, thank you, it's the end of this first episode of the Eminet podcast. Yeah, and uh, to the audience, we really hoped you enjoyed the show and found our content useful. Uh, for more information on the highlighted studies, please go to our Immunet uh, website, immunet at eula.org. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Also provide us uh, with feedback, what you thought about the podcast. And yeah, stay up to date with the educational content that we're posting today. And again, uh, thank you very much, Professor Mackensen, for, for being here today with us. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.